Hey guys, before we jump in, I want to invite you to follow me on socials. You can follow me on Twitter at what I will say pod, on Instagram at what I will say, also on TikTok at what I will say, and of course, what I will say.tumblr.com will take you to my blog where you can keep up with my day to day pop culture takes. If you want to support the show, you can do so on Patreon. Just search what I will say to access hours upon hours of bonus content, our secret community Discord, and so much more. Or if the Patreon is not for you, you can give us a five star rating and a good review, or even just tell a friend about the show. All of those things help us out a lot. Thanks, guys. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to What I Will Say. This is Cam, and I'm here with Kara. Hey. And today, we've got new music, right? We live in a post-red world, which is very, very exciting. And of course, thanks to that, thanks to the bonus tracks on Red, I think we have even more songs about Diana Agron. Uh, So, you know, without further ado, we're going to jump into part three of our songs about Diana Agron series. So the first song I think we should talk about is like, actually, it's not one I have a ton to say about, um, but is the song Run, the bonus track from Red, Taylor's version. I heard this song. It was the first song we listened to. And I was like calling shots on this song, right? I was like, it's going to be like, I know places vibes, like, you know, about hiding and running away. And it was. It is. I I heard it. And I was like, this isn't exactly the vibe I thought we were going to get for some early Swift Run. But luckily, we got those vibes on other songs, which is like Message in a Bottle and The Very First Night are both so we're going to get to those in a minute. But like, I don't have a there's in Run, there's not a ton of like little lyrical clues, little, you know, pictures I can post that say, oh, look, here they are in this moment or here they are. This is what she's referencing. I mean, not that Taylor's always doing that, but that is the most fun analysis. And it's not like the best. Right. I mean, I feel I think like the, yeah, the, the, I think the most like sort of legitimate analysis that you can do is like look for themes and songs and see mm-hmm. that she's singing about the same threads, like the same relationships, because the same thing keeps happening in the songs where this relationship is a secret or this relationship is toxic. You know, you can start picking out to me. That's like a better analysis, not saying she mentioned a hotel. Here's a picture of them at a hotel, but the the that's like cheap right because she could be a mm-hmm. hotel with anybody however the cheap analysis is more fun to me you know i just love you know when you can like post a picture of a tweet or post a picture of them in a hotel and say here we go right so mm-hmm. um what are you gonna say oh i was gonna say i think the best evidence in my opinion is just that it was written at the same time as everything has changed with ed right so, like, I just don't really know why you would be writing two songs at the same time about different people that are both, like, about falling in love. But um, he also said she was in a relationship at the time, which is so bizarre, because, like, we just... I mean, he could have been wrong, right? Like, he could have just, like, misspoken, or maybe she was just talking about something very vaguely that was going on in her life, and he just assumed, but really she wasn't. But, you know, he did he did give an interview at one point saying that, which is kind of interesting. So Yeah, the context of that interview is really, really interesting. Ed did say... Me and Taylor never got together because when we met, I was in a relationship and she was in a relationship. Then both our relationships ended, but we always just stayed friends. Right. And of course, Taylor doesn't have the range to fuck a ginger. But also, Taylor, you know, very publicly had broken up with Harry and should not have been with Connor yet. There was sort of no chance for them to meet. He would have been 17 and a junior in high school at this point. Well, I do believe, too, because nat did read the kennedy book or whatever the fuck it is right and they did explicitly say apparently according to her i mean i haven't read it in that book that taylor and connor did not date until that june like and i mean maybe they don't remember like sorry whatever yeah i don't know one i don't remember 
I don't have, I'm not a timeline person. I'm really not good at it. So I don't have it internalized. I'm like spring, summer. <laughs> yeah. Right. They got together probably um, in July after they met on that trip. Right. So, right. So basically like according to that book, like she did not like know him in secret for like months and months before that. Um, I mean, of course they may not, but like likely that's the case. Right. So the only other person that um, publicly that we would be able to tie it to would be that like harry and i guess in that case you would just kind of have to assume that like they just had something kind of not solid going on that was a little bit like secret because it wasn't whatever right and like she probably spoke to ed in very vague terms if it was the first day they met you know probably was something more just like yeah i have something going on with this person right now that like i want to write about but like probably didn't go into depth yeah you'd have to say that even though harry had quote unquote cheated on her she still wants to comment on their connection. It doesn't feel right. Because then Taylor did come out and give that, that interview where she said, Oh, Harry, it, you know, she was sort of initially devastated with Harry's first betrayal where he kissed mm-hmm. a friend goodbye, a peck on the lips and she lost her mind over it. Apparently that's the story she wants us to buy. So somebody's got to be lying somewhere, which is fine. I think Taylor, you know, obviously hates the truth to sell records. And that doesn't always mean there's a gay secret. However, that is kind of the whole point of this podcast sometimes is the gay secret. So, um, of course, our muse we would like for this song to be is Diana. And there is a quote that is pretty gay that she gave. She said, the song run is really special to me because it really marks the first song that I ever wrote with Ed Sheeran. And it kind of marks also like the first day of our friendship. And he's been someone who's been so important to me in my life, just like one of my closest friends. He's always been there for me. And the fact that the song was written on the first day that we knew each other, and it's a song sort of about the escapism of falling in love and how you don't really care about what anyone else says when you feel this way. And you just want to run away with someone and all the little secrets that you establish with this person, this kind of secret world you create together. So here we have again, this person, a gender free, she won't say this guy, this him, no you know, this is very much how she talked about the 1989 muse for the most part. Um, she very, she almost never gendered that person, whoever it was. And the hiding and the the little secrets. Uh, I'm sorry, it's gay. Also, a couple of lyrics that stand out to me. Also, first of all, darling is just such a Diana word to me. Um, a lyric that stands out to me is... And my so-called friends, they don't know, I drive away before I let you go. To me, that I drive away is not just talking about a car or anything. I think it's, she's, it's, you know, sort of metaphorically, she's saying, I quit my career. I'll quit everything. And I think, you know, if Taylor had wanted to come out with a woman, she would have been told by her team, you will ruin your career. Like, I don't necessarily think it would have. It would have certainly impacted it in a really, really strong way. But I don't, you know, I think... I don't think she's talking about a car there. Well, it's just interesting that whoever this person is, like she seems like she needs to like run away and also keep it kind of secretive because same thing with um, the song that we're obviously not going to go into or that we are going to go into. Sorry. Uh, the very first night, right. It seems like her friends don't really know, like her friends don't know the full extent of that relationship, whatever it may be. And that's interesting, right? Because this idea that Haler was a secret is wrong. The first day they interacted, you have Justin Bieber giving interviews to some, you know, Tiger Beat as teen.com kind of teen magazine, something or other, saying Taylor, you know, one of the world's biggest pop stars, Taylor Swift, is in love with Harry Styles. I've been sworn to secrecy, but, and it's just like, mm, 
I mean, if Justin knew about it, surely her actual friends, hers, you know, Selena, Claire, Ashley, whoever, you know, should have known, right? Like Taylor's obsession with secrecy really starts here, you know, Mm -hmm. in this song. Before that, she does not comment on secrecy, which is kind of interesting because Jake famously wanted to be very private. And I just, it's, it's just interesting that, um, this hiding starts up here on the red falling in love songs and follows through onto 1989. And then we do get a little commentary about secretism on dancing with our hands tied. We talked about that in part two, how, you know, I can make a case based to base, almost just based on the theme of secrecy for dancing with our hands tied for Diana. Uh, it could be about Joe or about the reputation muse or any of that. But well, you know what's kind of funny? Sure. Like, is that, you know how, like, Swifty's big thing is, like, they think it's, like, ridiculous to say that Taylor would have had any secret or, like, private relationship, <laughs> but she, like, explicitly has had one with Joe. Like, that's, like, you know, so why would it only be Joe that that's possible? You know what I mean? Like, Well, you know what's very interesting to me? First of all, good point. Yeah. I mean, we know she she did keep a relationship a secret for about a year. About right, months. and, and like Swifties and aunties sort of are always like, oh, it's like ridiculous, like, for, oh, like making fun of the idea that Taylor Swift, would, like, it's hilarious that they make fun of the idea that she would have ever had a secret relationship when, like, her whole thing is she's still in fucking 2021 <laughs> making a big deal out of the fact that her and Joe are secret and private. And they, so, so you know, it's what's like, interesting, yeah. you know, what's even more interesting that is the whole thing, right? Joe's so secret, doesn't show up in his music. Unless you want to say Dance With Their Hands Side is about him. Maybe. One song. And I don't, I mean, that's to me, I think we really established that's about a relationship that's over that she's commenting on. So it's, I don't think it's about Joe at that point. I don't buy her story. Sorry. I just don't, you know, that's fine. But um, the the secrecy doesn't show up in her songs about Joe. I mean, Cruel Summer is definitely like, if you want to say that's about Joe, there's definitely like, there's secret, there's definitely secretive themes ever since 1989. And apparently Red, we didn't know about Red until later. Fair enough, fair enough. Because um, the bonus tracks for Red we didn't get until now. So there weren't much on it. You're right about Cool Summer. But, you know, some of the more classic Joe songs, the Caught What You Want, the stuff that I really do, you know, the London boy of it all, stuff that really is explicitly sort of tying back to him. I mean, Cool Summer, I, you know, I guess it's probably about Joe. But, mm-hmm. or... I, I still like the idea that Cruel Summer, you know, there's a love triangle going on. You know, there's a he, there's some angels, there's some devils, there's some maybe multiple yeah. people. She's commenting I mean, on, for but. sure. I think that summer was crazy and chaotic, so. Yeah. Um, and that might be the reason for the secrecy in Cruel Summer. But you're right. So that's two songs. But, you know, I mean, almost every single song we associate with Diana, Falling in, Red, Falling in Love on Red, and certainly these bonus tracks. And then uh, mm-hmm. 1989 is just so explicitly, this is a secret. This is a secret. I'm obsessed you with You know this. what's, like, a little interesting? Mm-hmm. Is, like, all of these songs kind of, well, not all these songs, but there's three uh, bonus tracks that I think make sense to be about the falling in love muse from Red. Message in a Bottle, Very First Night, and then this one, Run. Um, and they all got cut. And it's, like, kind of just interesting because they are so much about like secrets this secret that but like it's like why did he think they didn't make it on the album you know like was it just too much for her to not have been in like a relationship that fit that or like i don't know yeah i mean not to be a gay conspiracy theorist but what (laughs) what is the reason 
these didn't make right. it because I would say message in a bottle and the very first night are excellent examples of country, you know, that sort of pop. Um, the very first night has a country pop rock um, message in a bottle yeah. is pure pop. They're great songs. They're better. I'm sorry. I'm they're better than a lot. They're of better than we are never ever getting back together. And sure. I'm in trouble. Sure. No, I agree. They're better songs. Yeah. Absolutely. And better they than 22. <laughs> I do love 22, but I, I agree. Yeah, I think they are. And I also think Run is better than Everything Has Changed, although I'm glad we have Everything Has Changed for obvious reasons. But like, I, th- I think you might be right about that. Yeah. Yeah. There's not a lot else that stands out to this song, except for the secrecy, the hiding, and Taylor commenting like, yes, this is about a secret relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think there's a little bit of a daydream-ish feeling here when, when she says... We can go where our eyes can take us. Sure, yeah. That's daydreamy. Like, we can sort of go anywhere. You know, I just... So I'm wondering if this is sort of an amalgamation of... Maybe Ed's got something he's singing about, you know, that's a little private or... I don't really know. Listen, I don't have time to get into Ed's discography or understand (laughs) his oeuvre. But, you know. The only reason I tie this song to Diana is the timing. Timeline perfectly matches and the secrecy of it all. Um, You know... Oh, and run like you'd run from the law. That's a gay thing to say. Like, what are you trying to tell me? Yeah. We can go like they're trying to chase us. Go where no one else is. Run. Well, that definitely makes me think it's about the 1989 person because she's constantly commenting Mm -hmm. on running away and hiding with that person. So, like, Mm -hmm. she she obviously doesn't want to get caught with this person. Right. Now, Like, that's like, it's secret. mm -hmm. It is. Now, if you guys, uh, you know, follow the blog, what I will say on Tumblr, um, you'll know I have put out a new little PowerPoint. Red is a little bit about Diana Agron. I've just commented on the Red songs that seem to tie to her. Run's not in there because I just didn't have a lot to say about it. I will add it at some point, but it should be in there. I do think it's about Diana. Timeline works. The themes work. That's enough for me. However... Now we're going to talk about the songs that are in there. Um, Let's start with Message in a Bottle. But first, let's remember, we have established that there are some pretty consistent themes on Red. Uh, Of course, now we have Secrecy, which is interesting that we get that in Run and Message in a Bottle a bit and um, the very first night. But in 22 and also in Treacherous, in Everything has Changed and in Come Back Be Here. We do get consistent themes of this, these people are hanging out at night and they're not sleeping. Um, they're sort of rushing into a new connection. There's trepidation over this new connection and there's strangers. She's falling for strangers and there's confusion or a little uncertainty, you know, back with that trepidation, right? About the kind of new connect- connection. And that's really, really consistent in 22, but then also these three love songs and now more. So, when I start talking about those themes, to me, it just says, like, I think it's really interesting that the song 22 is actually in reality about Diana and her other friends and her summer hanging out with Do them. we know when that was written? 22? Um, yeah. She recorded it in June, so I I think she said it's about how much fun I'm having this summer, so I think it was probably written in May or June. So then it's like, who are the original 22 lyrics written about? There's someone yeah. that, like, that she's falling in love with at yeah. that time like quick spring re- summer or whatever early 2012 to mid yeah um a quick reminder on those original 22 lyrics 
we're not going to talk too much about 22 anymore because we've already said that on part one of this series, but um, sometimes it hits me. We're moving quickly towards something hazy, a future I can't see. Let's break the old rules while we're still 22. You look like bad news. I got to have you. So the hazy future moving quickly, you know, they got to break some rules to be together to be together. You know, whoever this is, you know, it's bad news and I got to have you like, and and all the, all the themes of night, uh, I'm, I'm confused. I'm kind of you know, I'm nervous about this new connection, but you know, it's all all those themes track through the red song. Mm-hmm. And if you had asked me, I should have like kind of made this more explicit. But if you had asked me, I've said we will see those themes again on the bolt track. She will be with this person at night. It will be you know something she's a little nervous about. She's she's there's trepidation over. It will be. Um, some confusion there there you know and of course mm-hmm. we get that so let's talk about message in a bottle such a fucking bop i can't such believe she held it back it's so good it is the first right that she worked on with like the pop guys um max martin and shellback and those guys and shellback is on the production of this and so it's like her first pure pop song and it's it's so great so uh, we're back to this freckled muse with captivating eyes that taylor keeps commenting on of course, and everything has changed. She says, green eyes, your freckles, and your smile. And this song says, I became hypnotized by freckles and bright eyes. Now, as we established in part one, but we can quickly review, Diana absolutely has green eyes, and she absolutely does have a light dusting of freckles that I think would be noticeable if you were looking at her face-to-face with, and she didn't have makeup on. And they're really cute, right? And that, to me, what's interesting is, like, Diana is certainly more freckly than Harry or Connor. I mean, everybody has a couple freckles, but Diana actually has proper little under the eye dusting of freckles. Um, so we've established that she Taylor also asked in this song, how is it in London? Which is very interesting to me because everything has changed with the note about Hyannis Port is supposed to be about Connor Kennedy. Come back, be here. Doesn't really match up for anyone, but I guess you could say Harry travels for work. So maybe there was just some time where she was thinking about him and commenting on him running around. But now Taylor seems to tie these two muses together and say the comeback be here muse is the same person as the everything has changed muse. Now, maybe not more than one person can have freckles, I guess. But to me, I think it's interesting. And I would have, again, if I had really sat down and said like, you know, here's what I would expect to see on the vault tracks. I absolutely would have said, I would look to see, you know, something that says oh this person and come back be here that i'm i'm crushing on is actually the same person as the everything has changed crush too um now it Hitler, seems like when she says how is it in london that's like explicitly like tied to yep. uh come back be here i mean it seems like it since they're all written around the same time we assume right i mean more than one person can go to london but i just the it just shows up in her music again and and again maybe it's all just coincidental and someone's got freckles and someone else is in London and someone else has freckles like, you know, but, or maybe it just sounded good, but, um, I think it's certainly fair to say she seems to, it seems like they're the same person. And that's really funny because obviously a good Swifty who doesn't believe Taylor's ever had any kind of secret or ever misled the public doesn't get to say that they, they can't comment that because everything has changed has to be about Connor Kennedy, but Connor wasn't in London. He wasn't traveling for work. The freckles, the hypnotizing eyes and the freckles, that person goes to London. So what are you going to do now as Gaylers, when we say actually all these songs line up for one person and that one person is Diana, guess what? Our worldview is 
great. We're all intact. There's nothing here that's like, that doesn't work. You know, Um, Mm -hmm. these songs only made me Swift Ground harder. You know, I, I just, it all lined up. It all worked for me. I, you know, I had to sit down and listen to them a little bit more, but this is exactly what I would have expected. You know, which is, I just think it's funny that like the gay conspiracy theorists, if you want to call it, it that, it does work, right? Like, we would have said, yeah, everything has changed. You come back to here, they're both about Diana. So, of course, we'll see a song that has some crossover between the two. Swifties can't say that. Oh, they'd have to say, everything has changed. She gave to Connor. She didn't write about him. And maybe some of them do say that. I'm sure, surely some of them say that because of the timeline. Well, I think what's like sort of interesting is that it seems like now the big Swifties take i mean obviously this doesn't apply to all of them because most swifties are hailers like generally speaking mm-hmm. um but some of the bigger blogs are now saying oh i actually don't think her and harry were serious at first i think she's writing about jake and doesn't want to um kind of make it obvious that it's about jake because you know they're already way over and her and harry didn't get serious until the second time around in fall of 2012 like that's kind of a new and prominent Swifty take amongst the large Swifties who do keep track of timelines and that kind of stuff more than most people do. So I think that's interesting because they still because now because they're even kind of like yeah we can't really make this work well for Harry right it like <laughs> it, re- it never does work great for Harry. So you I mean right. you okay, do it does to... right like it, it, it technically works for Harry but well technically but not right. it do- if you have a brain and you sit there and understand like okay, you know, what's going on here? I I know the timing of everything. I know, you know, she has this supposed two-week fling with Harry and then he's just gone. And, you know, I mean, I think you do have to, you do have to come up with a different explanation. Like, Haler doesn't really work, you know? Right. Um, So for Haler's, I think it's kind of like, they were just in love and they were torn apart and they were just communicating the whole time and they were really in love with each other and they finally got back together and yada yada and they, it continued on for so long in secret until she started dating Calvin and blah, blah, blah. you know, like that's, that's the Haler like kind of idea. But um, yeah, the, some prominent Swifties now are like, I don't know that the red songs work that well for Harry and maybe some of 1989 is about Jake. And it's like, you know, it's just kind of funny. Cause like some of them being like, Oh, it finally makes sense because it didn't work quite for Harry. And I'm like, Oh, you say so you, you agree. It didn't quite make sense. All right. Good to know. Thanks. Right. Now, I, I'm. I will say I'm looking at a picture of Jake Gyllenhaal's face with an an HD photo, and like he, you know, doesn't really have freckles. He has like a freckle here and there, like, but he doesn't have a dusting. And also, of course, there is a green-eyed person that comes into Taylor's life. Like I, I also don't think you know it's summer of 2012. She's writing, "We are never ever getting back together." Um, yeah, I mean, it just doesn't make sense and, for those to be about Jake. I'm not saying she doesn't comment on Jake further on down in the discography. I, I believe she does. Mm-hmm. I just think there is a person. The 1989 muse to me does exist as a separate entity from the red breakup muse. That is the entire thesis of my Swift master post. Actually, because people used to be just very bizarrely just, I did not understand how people would say that both those albums are about Diana. You know, I mean, you have, Listen, I mean, you look at All Too Well to Minute. She says, you made me want to die. So I don't mm-hmm. think, you know, message in a bottle, like, you know, like these good well, mommy, Yeah, I vibes. mean, the <laughs> fact of the matter is it doesn't make any sense for some, I'm sorry, it just doesn't make any sense for someone to write a whole slew of songs about falling in love with someone that it 
and from most of the songs, it feels like she just got together with them. Mm-hmm. She, not necessarily that she just met them, but she just started having something going on with them. I mean, everything has changed. It's like all I've known since 18 hours ago and yep. come back to here. It's like the second day in 22. It's like, we're moving quickly. We're rushing into a future. We can't see like, you know, and like all those songs having those sorts of, you know, whatever you, why would you write a whole bunch of falling love songs for someone you've already broken up with? Like to me, like if you have something, you still have feelings for an ex or you're still hooking up with an ex or whatever, like that's going to sound something more like, style or even the last time the last or whatever time. right i almost do like that stuff's on yes. red but it's not those songs like yeah you're not gonna write a whole bunch of songs about falling in love with someone new who has green eyes also <laughs> and just, but but it's like about jake like I, why i mean here's what i will say you know me i support the theorizing i think i think anybody with a brain can see Haler doesn't add up and you have to try and make sense of that and actually like some things never made sense to me all you had to do is stay and make for being for diana never made or the 1989 breakup muse if we want to be more you know official about it um never made sense the 1989 mm-hmm. breakup muse she is pretty soft on you know she has pretty tender feelings towards this person she kind of just wants them to come back and she's really sorry it didn't work out and guess what it's not their fault it's not her fault. It's no one's fault. Sometimes it just doesn't work out. I mean, she explicitly said that. So uh, Taylor's giving interviews about the 1989 Muse saying, yeah, sometimes it's no one's fault. Well, I mean, we know she's really laying a lot of fault at Jake's feet when she comments on these songs in the lyrics and also in her interviews about them. So I'm all for the theorizing. Um, I'm never going to say the 1989 Muse just simply doesn't exist. That's silly to me. There's a green eyed person. You know, I I don't, I don't think she, using Harry as a beard and saying for J- for secret Jake and changing the eye color. Uh, right. That's it makes bit, no sense. That's, a, <laughs> you know, that listen, here's something that someone said to me the other day and I was like, Oh, I feel like that's actually, I agree with them mm-hmm. is there. They were saying that they don't understand the new thing that people keep saying like, Oh, 1989 was just so exaggerated and it didn't matter. And it's like, obviously not about a real relationship. Or it's not one that matters. Because they were like, if anything, it seems more like she's holding back to make it sound better because she is trying to sell it, but like she's not going fully into like the depths of her emotions the way that she did with Red. But that doesn't mean that they didn't exist. It's just like, if anything, it seems more like she's filtering herself than it does that she's just like exaggerating something that didn't happen. Sure. I mean, I don't think you get this love, which is, I mean, say what you want about it, but it is a poem she wrote by herself. Right. We talked about this in part two, right? But this love has left a permanent mark. I, I don't think she's making that up. And I also don't think that's about Jake coming back. He had a girlfriend at the time when she wrote that song. That's and she was with Harry public. Like, you know, publicly she, just- she is with Harry at this point. I, I have trouble believing like Taylor would waste the time to fake a relationship with Harry and never be spotted with Jake, but be secretly hooking up with, I just can't, I, it just doesn't work for me, but I, I do I appreciate the theorizing. Like I do appreciate that. Like, people are well i don't because it's the same people who yell at us well that's what well i appreciate that people are open to hey maybe taylor has some secrets about her relationships oh she didn't tell us everything we everything that meets that public eye you know isn't isn't necessarily true i do think maybe we should all just let each other theorize and not um lose our minds when people say well maybe the girl who said gay pride makes me me is a you know might have dated a secret woman here or there have a secret love song about a girl um anyway that's kind of you know some people are looking at some of these songs and saying they're about jake doesn't work for me but 
that's fine too. You know, that's if that's what makes people happy to theorize, I think they should keep theorizing that. But um, back to message in a bottle. Uh, of course, I have established that Diana spent time in London without Taylor several times during the spring and summer of 2012. I think um, I have her in London in April. Um, she comes right. She comes back right before the big uh, um, Shirley McLean's birthday party on on like that morning. She gets back into town and she's uh, you know goes with Taylor that night. And then a month later in May, I've got her out with. Uh, Naya and the Glee cast, they're running around London together. And she was there for about a week. And of course, we know Taylor, you know, probably worked on this song that spring or summer because it is the first song she worked on with Max Martin and Shellback and all of them. And that that first session is at the very beginning of June. And actually, Taylor mm-hmm. sits down to write in her journal about this first session and how it's going. And she also comments, I'm daydreaming about our trip for 4th of July. And who did she go on a trip for 4th of July to Highness Port with? Diana. So oh, come on. That's like so good. Diana's I'm a sorry. Grass, it, just it is good. Like, listen, listen. You're sitting there like, this is my first time in the studio with these people. And I'm just daydreaming about running away for, to go travel for 4th of July with her. And then it's like also writing that song then. But no, it's about Jake. Well, I think I think it's a little crazy to say she said like we sat down to work on a song. I believe it's message in a bottle. And then she got inspired to write. We are never, ever getting back together at this point. So like, I can't believe she's writing this message in a bottle. I'm I'm scared to fall in love with this new person. But then they have to change gears and write. We are never, ever getting back together. I mean, she would have to fully just be very out of touch with reality. Like. That would just be a very strange secret of events to write sequence of events to write this falling in love song, be working on this falling in love song, and then say, you know what though, I want to make it write a breakup song about this guy. You're very much in two different worlds. I assume their like their way of believing this, although the fact of the matter is most people who think this um don't keep up with timelines or when songs are written. But um it's I guess they're Maybe just assuming that these songs were written in the beginning of her relationship with Jake, and then she just didn't record them until later on, or something along those lines. I, I, I mean, don't that's know. a fair. That's po- listen. That's possible. I I guess I think it's kind of funny that like they're working on this song, and then supposedly Adam Levine comes by and asks like, "Oh, are you getting back together with Jake?" And she freaks out and says no, because if she's writing the song about Jake, she is getting back together with him. <laughs> right. <laughs> so or it's the very first night, right? Uh, no, sorry. We're oh. still on message in a bottle, but that's what they were right, working on. Okay. So right. there's this idea that, oh, she wrote some falling in love songs about Jake at this time, or he was trying to get back together with her. He does call her up and we're never ever getting back together. Oh, I still love you. So maybe, right. I mean, he's trying to still get with her maybe, but um, I do think it's weird to say, yeah. So message in a bottle's commentary on this late stage Gyllenhaal of it, Jillian Swift of it all, but she was working on it and had to stop working on it to write a breakup song about him. That's the right. It doesn't make sense. I'm sorry. Uh, it doesn't work for me, but you know, like I said, we're like we're anything's possible, right? But like, sure. this is definitely not, in my opinion, this is definitely not the most logical like assumption. No, I mean, Taylor Swift, Fruit Fruit, <clears throat> Diana Agron, gay with her is the most logical assumption to me. But uh, anyway, so back to Message in a Bottle. There's a few lyrics that stand out to me. Um, the lyric, but time moves faster, replaying your laughter disaster, just feels like Diana. We have that tweet of Taylor saying, you know, she got coffee and seashells fell out of her purse. And the barista said, we only take cash or credit. And Diana lost her mind and like pissed herself laughing over it. She's like, <laughs> laughing. I can't stop. Yeah. 
So all of that, you know, that is a little disastrous. <laughs> it's just so fucking corny. <laughs> we, of course, get some themes in there. There's nighttime and sleeplessness with the, with the lyric, I could be the reason you can't sleep at night. There's some uncertainty. The comment, uh, the lyric, um, I know that you like me and it's kind of frightening standing here waiting. And also, I'm wondering if I'll ever see you again. Which I'm wondering if I'll ever see you again. That's very come back, be here. Like, oh, just come back. Like, you know, am I even ever going to see you again? Like, no, it's too long, you know. I hope that we get the copyrights for these soon because. Yeah, have you checked today? I was like I checking yesterday. Okay. <laughs> um, we will keep you guys up to yeah. date on the copyrights. I'd be interested because to see. Because if it's 2012, they're not about Jake. You get the option of Harry. Con or Diana or a secret guy. You don't get Jake anymore. I'm Let sorry. Say, let me just say, I'm open to the secret guy. I, it yeah, really I'm open be. to it. Yeah, it just sure. it isn't Jake. And I don't think it's Connor or Harry. Secret guy? It yeah, could, maybe. It could be another Will Anderson situation where they never really date. Or maybe they, you know, maybe it was brief. Oh, yeah. She could have crushed on some guy. I mean, this is Taylor. She wrote Enchanted in one night about one encounter with one person. Like, she, right. she could have just seen somebody across the hallway. Or they could have just had like a brief thing, you know, maybe yeah. dated for a couple of weeks or a we month and she it. just got a lot of music out of it. Cause you know, yeah, like who knows, right? That's totally possible. By Taylor's own admission, these, these seem, these songs seem to be about something where it's secret, secret guy, maybe. Um, sure. Okay. Some, some gay themes in the song, the lyrics <laughs> that really stand out to me are I'm reaching for you terrified. I know that you like me and it's kind of frightening. What is she so afraid of here? What? What you know, can't like if she's commenting on just a, a simple, you know, cishet pairing, I'm rolling my eyes, right? But you know, mm -hmm. who knows? Uh, also, message in a bottle is sort of nautically themed. Uh, message in a bottle is something you throw in the ocean, and that seems to echo back to the coastal town of Hyannisport, perhaps, which of course we already think like this might be about the Hyannisport muse because of the freckles and the eyes and all that. And of course, nautical themes are rampant in 1989 imagery. You have the seagulls on her shirt on the front album. Um, several of the music videos she goes to the ocean and it seems like the ocean was kind of just something that was on her mind while she was working on a lot of this art. And, you know, that ties back into message in a bottle a little bit. Any other comments on message in a bottle? Any lyrics that stand out to you? Anything that feels super Diana or super gay or interesting? Oh, so okay. Um, so the next song I want to talk about is the very first night. I have like a whole spiel I wrote on this. I think I'm just going to read it. This lighthearted breakup song is the only one that seems to fit for Diana. Now I will say I do 100% think Babe is about Diana, and I haven't commented on that. I don't really include Babe in Red. I know, like canonically, now it is. We have to sort of account for that. I do believe it was written in 2013. There's a 2013 copyright date, and it's you know, but um, I, I think Babe could be about you know some sort of you know trist diana had um or perhaps it's more of a generic song that taylor wrote and then decided to retroactively give to diana with the music video we'll comment on babe at another time i'm not going to talk about that on this episode um you know because there's not a lot to talk about with the lyrics with babe i think it's really clear in the timeline there's a break in swift ground when diana goes to france to film the family in late july of 2012 the day after diana leaves taylor starts publicly dating connor kennedy and then three months later, Taylor does write about a song. Taylor writes this love, which is a course of song about getting back together with someone. That's how I know there's a break. And of course, Diana disappears from her life so conveniently as it always works. Right. But of course, Harry mm -hmm. had disappeared from her life too. So, um, 
the only problem in the relationship that Taylor is commenting on is she misses this person. I miss you. I miss you. I miss you. It's what the song is about is about missing someone. It's not you ruined my life. You, you know, did anything all that wrong. I did anything all that wrong. It's just, we're just not together right now. And distance and, you know, being very, very busy um, on a film set perhaps really works for me as like a catalyst that the very first night relationship is broken up for right because it's it's something that nobody's at fault here it's just what's going on um so at the end of the song it's even revealed they're talking on the phone and the muse tells taylor that they miss her as well to me this does not fit all the bitter rage taylor feels for the main breakup muse of red who she accuses of never even loving her let alone missing her and also says she made that this person, Jake, made her want to die. Can we um, not also take into consideration, right, that, like, Jake, like, begin again, he's the he, and yeah. he's a fucking asshole. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't think all these soft, like, loving yeah. songs are about him. Right. So this, I I have said, like, oh, if there's a breakup song on Reddit, it's not about Diana. This is the, this is the catch. This is the one, this is sort of the, the exception that proves the rule. Because this is a breakup song, but it's so obviously something sweet and soft and tender and just it's someone she wants to reconnect with, which is unlike the We Are Never Ever Getting Back Together muse, who she wants nothing to do with anymore. Um, if there is a swift ground break in the summer of 2012, it's only because Diana's away for filming. And this, of course, fits Taylor missing this person and being sad that they're not together, but not angry. Um, so the very first night is very explicitly by Taylor tied back to the 1989 muse and I actually would not be surprised if she like wrote this this year. We know Taylor wrote some of these songs in, you know, 2020, 2021 when she's prepping for the re-records. I'm not saying she didn't have like a, they don't know about the night in the hotel that, you know, they don't know how much I miss you, miss her. Um, but in the verses of the songs, which I think are what she wrote maybe more recently than not. Um, she has a bunch of references to 1989. So she says, and so it goes, which is part of on style and you are in love. She says, we were built to fall apart and come back together, which is a lyric from out of the woods. The mint comments about Polaroid pictures out of the woods. And she also says, I drive down different roads, but they all lead back to you, which is basically the plot of, I wish you would. Now, of course you guys know who I think 1989 is about. 1989 of course has wonderland on it. If any songs about her, it's that one. Um, so, you know, you can make of all these ties to 1989, you know, as you will. Although <laughs> I can see the knee jerk to say this proves 1989 is about Jake, but that doesn't work for me because she's commenting about a different relationship. It's just so explicitly clear to me that this isn't about the same person who made her want to die on all too well. Right. Um, so we have a few little lyric clues, the cheap analysis I like to do the lyric. They didn't know about the night at the hotel. We, of course, have Diana and Taylor running around, hanging out in hotels quite a bit early in their relationship. And that first spring Swift Grawn, uh, or the first Swift Grawn spring, I guess I call it, um, they partied for, uh, they threw an extravagant dress-up party at the Beverly Hills Hotel for Shirley MacLaine's birthday. And we also got the pictures of that. Um, and they also traveled to New York City together shortly after becoming inseparable um, in April. And they were spotted, you know, out and about in hotels uh, several times lots of tweets about that so um uh, also the lyric but they don't know about the night out in la dance in the kitchen chase me down through the hallway now of course we get dancing in the kitchen which i think is one of taylor's favorite things to do because liz has tweeted about dancing in the kitchen with her as well and of course and all too well supposedly she danced around the kitchen with jake 
of course, you know, you can say, oh, well, it must be the same person that all too well is about. No, that doesn't work for me. Obviously, we've talked about the themes. I think Taylor just likes to dance in the kitchen. So, of course, it shows up in her songs multiple times. I think she just dances a lot in general, yeah. <laughs> um, it, this, to me, is like a Mr. Ca- uh, uh, casually, so casually cruel. Um, that's just a great thing to say. Casually cruel is an amazing lyric. I'm glad she used it in two songs, right? She ties it to Joe Jonas with Mr. Perfectly Fine. And, um, of course, she says Jake is casually cruel in the name of being honest on All Too Well. This is the same kind of thing. It's just something Taylor likes to do or say. So it shows up in her music multiple times. The common denominator is the um, person writing the songs, not the muse. For me. Um, that's just how it works for me. But uh, well, the comments about the night out in L.A., Taylor did live in L.A. during their relationship, essentially. Uh, whatever their relationship was, you know, we don't want to. It's all alleged, right? Of course, I think they dated, but who knows? Don't want to um, be accused of gay crimes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Can't go to gay jail for that. Um, <laughs> they also danced in Taylor's kitchen. Diana had so much fun doing that that she tweeted about it and posted a picture of Taylor's cat. She said, playing dress up, baking cookies, posting pictures on Twitter, dancing in the kitchen, and kissing this cat at date me. So, you know, I feel like at date me, I mean, she's out trying to date. The cat, the tailor, the what? The kitchen? The I cat. Don't know. <laughs> but I could see that dancing in the kitchen, tweet at date me, chase me down the hallway. It just all works, right? Um, mm-hmm. The very first night, also, um, we we do get, we right, we've commented, um, Taylor does miss this muse a lot, and the muse in turn misses Taylor. They call her up and tell her on the phone. Now, this is, you know, Maybe sort of cheap analysis, but I've included it. Harry spent all summer on tour hooking up groupies, models, and a man named Nick Grimshaw. Go listen to our Growls episode for that. It's impossible to say that he didn't for sure miss Taylor after their alleged two-week fling and subsequent breakup, but he sure isn't acting like it. They even broke up because he kissed somebody else. Um, Make of that what you will. Diana, on the other hand, got asked about Taylor in an interview. They asked, um, uh, they, well... The inter- it actually was just a fan question. And the fan said, I'm so glad you're best friends with Taylor. I love her. And Diana's like, great. And then the fan goes on to ask, Diana, what are you going to do if your acting career doesn't work out? Um, and of course, Diana says, oh, I'm just going to keep going. And, you know, maybe I'll go on the road with Taylor and carry her bags. So, um, you know, she's, you know, saying these sweet things about her. This is in Italy, right? Um she also tweeted to congratulate Taylor about the lead single of red coming out. We are never ever getting back together. Um, so I think it's fair to say, you know, they're spending some time apart, but it looks like she misses her. I don't think that's an unfair sort of assumption to make. Um, we've got some, uh, gay stuff on this song, um, and some themes to comment on. Um, there's several mentions of night. This is something going on at night. Don't forget about the night out in LA, right? That shows up again and again in these falling in love songs. It's somebody she's running around at night with. Um, and of course, we got her and Diana together at night several, you know, plenty of times. Uh, the This is also the interesting thing about this song to me is that it's such a secret, which, of course, we come back to on Run and 1989 like her friends don't know it's kind of she's explicitly commenting on her friends don't know what's going on um they don't know how much i miss you no one knows how much i miss you um they don't know about the night in the hotel my friends all think they know what i'm going through you know but they don't um why don't they know taylor you know um secret relationship 
But uh, as we've established, like Justin Bieber's out here giving quotes about Haler the second it happened. So it doesn't seem to match up for Harry. And also like she and Connor were extraordinarily public together as well. Um, lot, a lot, a lot of pat photos of her and Connor. So I don't know, you know, I also think what's interesting is she says, you know, same party every night. I never go alone. That's Connor, right? She, you know, this is the person she misses while she's with Connor to me. Um, also the line, we broke the status quo. I cannot believe that Taylor Swift (laughs) is so out of touch. You know, this song is, she's telling us this song is about Harry Styles with all the 1989 clues, right? Um, So, can somebody please explain? We broke the status quo, Harry and Taylor. How did they break the status quo? You know? Yeah. It just doesn't add up. I, I, and also, cr- not to get nitpicky because this is like not no, get, good analysis, but like care. if they broke each other's hearts, it's like, didn't he cheat on her? Right. You know? Taylor is admitting. But I guess what you would say is, well, then maybe when she got with Connor, he wanted to get back. And she okay. said, I mean, who knows? I, I think that's like point, though. Because when right. she gave that interview about him, she mm-hmm. said he just devastated her by kissing that Emily girl in, in April right. of 2012. You know, oh, she was just heartbroken over it. And she, but then finally she had to give him another chance and blah, blah, blah. But Taylor says, we broke each other's hearts. This is something where it's, to me, this is like very fair to say, this is when you're dating someone and they have to go to France for work for three months and you say, we just can't do long distance, you know, but I still love you. Right. Right. Um, And and it's just such a sweet song. And I just, I also just, again, status quo, how? I, I don't think Taylor is that out of touch. I can't imagine she actually thinks she and Harry ever broke any status quo i don't you know it just doesn't to me uh, you know i love that we've gotten these three new bonus tracks and guess what you know well we we got several more new bonus tracks but of course these are the ones i'm tying to diana and i just love like yeah you know oh the secret there's a secret relationship taylor (laughs) you know we could have guessed that i don't know if swifties could have but oh you're telling us that um come back be here and everything has changed maybe have the same muse that london freckly person i could have told you that but, you know, I don't, mm-hmm. a Swifty might not have expected that. And it's just fun to be a little smug that, like, I do think her worldview, whatever it is, it works. Like, Swift Grown works. Does that mean it's real? Does that mean it all lines up? For sure. No. But it, if you want it to, it can. And that's what's so fun. And I want it to. So it does. You know? Yeah. Uh, so with all that said, like we have so many more songs to do about Diana Agron. There's probably going to be a part four and part five of this series. Um but I think we've covered all the bonus tracks on red. Uh, I, I just can't wait for 1989 bonus tracks. I'm like calling shots. 1989 bonus tracks. I think Taylor is going to be admitting some faults, which, you know, on breakup songs, she usually doesn't do. But in the 1989 ones, I do think we'll see that. I think it's going to be the green eyed muse again. Um, I was going to say green eyes. Green eyes. I'm, I'm, calling, I'm calling that shot. Um, I think. What else do we think we'll see on 1989? Just, I miss Maybe you. Maybe secrecy. Distance. More secrecy. Possibly um, distance. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I, I'm sex, secret sexy hookup. Secret, mm-hmm. you know, we broke up, but we're still hooking up. 
Yeah, I think we might get something a little explicit like that because, like, yeah. the line was before she was really like. So I mean, you have lines here and there, but it, nothing as uh, you know explicit now, as you we think, get reputation. Do you think on her on Taylor's version of style, she'll say what she really meant to say, which is taking off your clothes instead of taking off your coat? No, because I think she wants the song to be the same. No, fuck her for that. Though. But that Good. would be interesting. Yeah, um, yeah. That's that's all I've got to say. We've got so much more coming for you guys. If you want to support the show, you can do so on Patreon. Uh, just go to patreon.com and search what I will say. Got hundreds of hours of bonus content on there. You can get access to the Discord. You can get access to all sorts of fun theories. Um, we had a great time when the leak went out. Uh, I I gotta say. I said this on the bonus pod, you know, all those red episodes we did, we probably did an episode a day during red week, I think, um, alone, but guys, like you guys are so much fun and I appreciate you guys so much, like just joining in and like having all this fun with us and all this revelry. And guess what? We're going to keep it going. As long as Sailor's giving us content, we're going to have stuff to say about it. So, um, that was a lot of fun. And, uh, you can follow me on Tumblr at what I will say. You can go see Kara at that skeptical bitch, Kara dot tumblr.com and please stay safe in 2021 please get vaccinated in 2021 and guess like gatekeep and grow boss immediately like now bye everybody